Welcome, and thank you for listening to this episode of Leaps and Bounds. I'm your host, Tom Bash, and I'm thrilled to be bringing you conversations with some of the most successful CEOs, sales leaders, and home improvement professionals. When I started in this industry 20 years ago, tearing off roofs, I had no idea about what went into making a home improvement business successful. Now, having met with thousands of contractors, helping them adopt technology, and watching them grow, I'm excited to invite them on to share what's made them successful, what they're doing today to stay ahead of their competition, and the advice they have for others. As you look around, so many of the things we consider buying have a monthly payment associated with them. Whether it's our Netflix account, our cell phone, or our car, people look for affordable ways to obtain what they want. Why should home improvement be any different? On this episode, I'm joined by Brad Koba, Consumer Finance Manager at West Shore Home. Brad didn't grow up wanting to be in the home improvement industry, but after gaining experience across multiple industries, he found a home at West Shore. Listen as we discuss the value of offering homeowners financing, the criteria by which to evaluate lenders, and the key metrics Brad looks at for success. We'll also discuss how to navigate dealer fees, why you should have multiple lenders, and how to incorporate financing into your business today. So without further ado, let's get this show started. Hey Brad, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. Hey, uh, I'd love for you to give our audience a little bit of background on, on who Brad is. You know, what uh, what got you uh, into home improvement? Uh, more specifically, maybe, you know, what'd you do before this? Sure, sure. Um, so I was kind of, didn't come from the construction side of the business. Matter of fact, um, if uh, my wife asked me to do anything construction-wise around the house, that's not a good thing. That's <laughs> definitely something I don't do well my dad was awesome at it so i can't blame my family but they just i just never took to it but i was uh much more sales oriented um i started in the power sports industry loved uh motocross dirt bikes um started a little uh, dealership uh, locally and just cleaning you know dirt bikes motorcycles toilets whatever just clean the place up uh went from there to parts eventually managed parts went into sales liked sales uh, eventually became a salesman. Did that for probably I don't know eight to ten years. Um, kind of like capped out there, and uh, just thought, okay, maybe I could uh, make a little bit more money. So I went to the auto industry, uh, started kind of over there, and did the sales thing first, and then ended up being a finance manager. I like that, or a business manager as they call it. And then uh, eventually uh, made my way to be a general sales manager at a Honda dealership for a couple years. Uh, like that industry. Also dabbled uh, in with Coca-Cola as an account manager uh, for about five years. Um, and uh, they do, you know, again, kind of selling stuff at Walmarts, you know, big, big grocery stores, Martins, Giants, all that stuff. Uh, just had an opportunity. I started looking around and I really wanted to, uh, again, for your family, try to make a little bit more money. Uh, and I kept seeing this, you know, in, in the construction business, if you're in-home sales rep or as we call them a design consultant um you could make you know north of six figures right so i was like okay i want to do that and um so i did that for about six months uh, as a design consultant west shore and then eventually made my way to be a consumer finance manager because of my past experience so uh, that's kind of the long way here um but yeah that's uh my my uh, path to west shore home consumer finance Wow. So you didn't like wake up one day and say, Hey, I want to be in home improvement. Not at all. Not at all. 
I always think it's interesting to ask people, you know, how, how they get started in, in home improvement because, uh, you know, I talked to my five-year-old daughter and one minute she wants to be a hairdresser and the next minute she wants to be an astronaut. And uh, <laughs> just like so many different ideas, but, you know, she hasn't told me that she wants to be in home improvement yet. So I'm a little disappointed, but maybe we'll get there one day. But uh, that's, a, that's a really interesting uh, path, you know, to get to where you're at today. Um, I'd love to dive in a little bit more. Um, I know, you know, when you were when you were in the auto industry, um, you know you were doing uh, some finance work there. Uh, what's what's different about the auto in- industry uh, compared to the home improvement industry, and, and maybe what are some parallels between the two? Sure. Um, so I did a lot of time as a finance manager, or business manager in the auto space, um, and then as soon as I got to uh, the home improvement space and consumer finance, just it's like night and day. I mean, obviously you're still serving the customer. You're still trying to get approvals. Um, so all of those things are the same. You're doing paperwork. You got to make sure you, you know, cross your T's and dot your I's. All the details matter in consumer finance. However, uh, it's just completely uh, two ends of the spectrum when it comes to the way that things happen. So consumer finance is used as a means to sell more. Um, it's used as a means to adapt to someone's budget um, in, in the home improvement space where what I mean by that is, so maybe I'm trying to do, uh, windows and doors in my house, but I don't want to do it for another year cause I'm saving up. So maybe when I see a deferred interest plan, I can do it a little sooner and take advantage of the energy savings right away. Where in the, in the auto space, it was the complete opposite. A bank gave me an uh, interest rate and I could either give the customer that same interest rate or, you know, maybe, bump that by a half a percent and I would get what they would call, you know, in the business, we call them a flat. So if you sold a $40,000 truck, maybe you made a couple hundred dollars flat on that customer. Uh, we're in the home improvement space. It's the complete opposite. It's all about, okay, I need the approval, but how much do I have to pay that lender uh, percentage or dealer fee? We call it to get that, to get that approval, to give that customer a certain APR, that we think is attractive for them to say yes on our uh, product offering. Yeah. I'd love for you to expand a little bit more on, on sort of dealer fees. See, and, and, and this step, you know, maybe a little dated. I, I think it was a couple of years ago. I heard that, you know, in the roofing industry, it's, it's three to 7% of jobs are financed. Whereas in the window and HVAC world, it's closer to 50 to 70% of jobs are financed. And I think one of the things that I hear, uh, I'd say indirectly from customers is, uh, you know, they don't offer financing because they don't know enough about it. And so there's, they're scared of it. You know, they don't know how to incorporate a dealer fee. There's uh, nuance and, you know, different rates and different plans and different terms. And, and all these, all this jargon is sometimes uh, foreign to uh, folks that, that aren't accustomed to it. So I'd love for you to, you know, let our listeners know a little bit more about, uh, you know, what's involved in, in, in dealer fees and, and some of the other nuances of, of financing. Sure, sure. Um, so I think the most simplistic way to think of it is like this. Um, depending on what lender you're working with, it's gonna it's gonna matter because right there's like what we would call three different tiers of, of buying lenders, right? So there's what we would call our super prime, um, and that's gonna be all of the deferred interest, no payment with deferred interest, um, your lowest APRs. Then you're going to have what we would call prime lenders, right, or near primes. Um, and they're going to have very similar terms, longer terms, pretty good interest rates. Um, 
and maybe slightly higher dealer fees. And then, of course, then we have what we call, you know, our subprime or, uh, you know, our third tiers, which is going to be that higher interest rate um, revolving account, maybe at 18% shorter terms, which is going to drive the payment a little higher. Um, so they're all going to work differently, but I'm just going to talk uh, on the dealer fees specifically on that super prime or the high prime stuff. Um, think of it like you get an approval, right? So you have an approval, and then depending on what you want to offer your customer, then you would basically pay that dealer fee accordingly. So if, if this company is saying, hey, look, we'll give you a 9.9 for 60 months at a 0% dealer fee. Um, I could I could I could offer the customer that and just stick to that, or I could say, hey, look, maybe I want to go into 7.9 because we think that's the part where people are going to get real attracted to that, and even more importantly, 120 month payment. So now instead of having a a $200 a month payment on a $10,000 project, now we're offering them a $100 a month payment on a $10,000 project. So it it, it kind of takes the um, the worry of that monthly payment away from the customer and they can just pay on it a little bit faster to hopefully pay it off in five years. Um, and that dealer fee might, you know, be 6% to buy that rate down to 7.9 and stretch the term. Um, so it's really about finding what's right for your customers and your product. Yeah, that that's helpful. I guess, tell me a little bit more like when, uh, when, a when, when a sales or a design consultant is speaking with a with a homeowner, are they giving them options uh, like multiple options, a, a same as cash, a, uh, you know, a, a low monthly payment? Are they giving them multiple options, or is there, or are they sticking to some kind of criteria that, uh, hey, based on these parameters, we're going to offer this customer X, and you know, this type of customer, we're going to offer them Y, or do they do they across the board just give them different, you know, multiple different options? So there's a bunch of different ways um, people will recommend to do this. Some large banks uh, believe that you should always offer, you know, three or four options every time. Um, we feel a little differently. So we have a sales process that at the beginning of the process, at some point they're going to have a conversation of what the customer would like to see. Um, so they should kind of have an idea when we get into the financing portion uh, whether that customer same as cash. So when we say same as cash, what we mean by that is uh, no payments and deferred interest for a certain amount of time. So a common one is 12 months, 18 months is a really good one. Uh, and I've been a part of some 24 month ones. If uh, things, you know, if we want to get super aggressive. Um, but you can imagine if a customer is dividing up their project by 12 or 18 months, the payments get, you know, a, a little steeper. So, Really, we teach our design consultants, really this is in place of a cash customer, um, that we're just giving them the incentive to move forward quicker. So they may have waited, you know, a year, two years, and they might never have bought from us ever if we didn't offer them some sort of an incentive to go ahead and do it now while the interest is high, right? It's just like, it's just like anything else in sales. Yep. You want to capture the business while they're, while they're interested. Yep. No, it makes, makes, uh, a lot of sense. Now I know from having spoken with, with BJ, you know, founder and, and uh, CEO of, of West Shore Home, uh, you know, the company's very metrics driven, data driven. How do you incorporate that into, you know, what you do, uh, relative to, to the financing? Sure. Uh, so a couple of different ways. So one way that we use the metrics to drive our business is with our lenders. 
So we're going to make sure that we're measuring their approval rates. We're going to make sure we're measuring how many times they fully accommodated the approvals. Uh, and of course, like we just spoke about dealer fees, right? Like, so everyone has different uh, dealer fees for different programs and we got to make sure that those are in line with each other. Competition is good in that situation. And then the other part of the business that I'm going to measure is the performance uh, of the design consultants with the lenders with my back office consumer finance team. So what I mean by that is I'm going to be checking, um, you know, so on my dashboard every day when I, when I open it up in the morning, I'm going to see a report that's going to say in-home fully accommodated today. So what's happening out in the, in the market right now? I'm going to see what happened yesterday. I'm going to see what happened month to date as far as an in-home fully accommodated uh, percentage. So I want to know yesterday we saw 120 deals sold that want financing. And in the home, we got 70, you know, 8% approved. And so that leaves 30 jobs that, you know, customers were not approved, right? So we have a back office team that's all they're going to do is double check this, right? Because we could have a design consultant that's brand new. It doesn't really know about consumer financing and they just took the application wrong. Or maybe that customer has a great credit score, um, but one of the, our lenders, you know, for whatever reason, the computer program that they get, you know, approved or declined with just wasn't working properly in that situation. But their score is high, their income's good, and we don't see any reason as to why this shouldn't have been approved. We're going to make a phone call to that lender on our customer's behalf and try to get them the, the, the project that they want. Yeah, now, now, uh, you know, at Westshore, you guys have a work with a lot of different lenders, and uh, you know, I, I often see that um, uh, contractors sort of get married to a lender, and uh, I think it's interesting. You know, the I guess I'll call it like a stable of lenders that you guys have. How do you how do you evaluate? You know, which which lenders to bring into that stable, and you know, I'll, I guess I'll ask you that first. My my follow up question will be. You know, how do you manage that with your sales team? So I'll, I'll let you take the, the first one, then we can dive into the second part of that. Yeah, so uh, the evaluation process, you're bringing the stable. So a lot of these lenders were picked for me when I got here. Um, but you're right, you do get married to them, right? Because there's some that you just, you form relationships with. Uh, but I think it's important to be um, disciplined in looking at the numbers and recognizing, you know, friendships are friendships, relationships are relationships. But at the end of the day, if lender A is performing at these rates and lender B is not, um, that doesn't necessarily mean we want to throw lender B out, right? Because things fluctuate, but you just have to have conversations with that lender B and say, hey, you know, here's a similar uh, fight. And again, you have to compare. If you're not bringing the information in, um, it could be skewed because one could have a, a better approval rate, but they're also, you're giving them all of the best paper, right? If you're giving them all right, of the best right. credit. So you've got to make sure you have your metrics straight if you're going to have those conversations. But um, uh, but the way that we see it is technology first, right? So you want someone who can do things fast like us. You know, our motto's always been don't blink. Uh, so we want someone who's technology fast, and it's not going to get in the way of us being fast. Um, I know you mentioned DJ earlier, and you know his big thing is just kind of keep pushing, right? So he wants to be – a different type of home improvement brand, right? You know, just, but the thing is, is even though our numbers are huge, he preaches, we got to do it one home at a time, right? And that's how it happens. One home at a time. And we just have to be really fast at getting that one home pushed through the system as quick as possible. So from design consultant to installation, 
He wants to just keep, you know, shrinking that time. Lenders are a huge part to that. So that's one of the things that we look at whenever we're trying to see what lenders are going to be right for us. Yeah. So I imagine, you know, as I'm thinking in my head of like, if I had a checklist of things I'm looking for in a lender, I imagine you're looking at, you know, what is the dealer fee? What's their approval rate? Uh, like you said, the technology aspect of it. Is there anything else that you're looking at when you're, when you're, uh, you know, evaluating a lender and, you know, even based on those different criteria, I imagine you have some lenders that are in that, you know, prime space, some are in the subprime space um, and you have to, you know, have a healthy um, balance of, of those. How do you, how does, how does West Shore go about, you know, maintaining that balance and, and making sure that you do have the right horses in the stable? I'm going to stick with that analogy. <laughs> nice. That, that works. Um, yeah, no, we want, we want, we want fast horses, right? That's good. Thoroughbreds. Right. Um, so, so yeah, so we just want to make sure we have the right mix of, like you mentioned, and I had mentioned before, so you have those super prime lenders, right? So that's your, you know, the green skies, the service finance, you know, the, the dividends, uh, uh, Synchrony, Wells Fargo, all those lenders, right? So those are the ones that want to buy the, the, the premium stuff. And then underneath there, you're going to have your second look stuff, right? So that's going to be, you know, your, your castle finance, your foundation, your aquas, power pay, you know, all of those that are going to still give them extended terms, right, out to 10 years. But instead of getting a, maybe a, you know, a 5% dealer fee for that, you know, 7, 9 or 8, 9% rate, they're going into, they want 10% or 15%, right? Because this is a, a customer is a little more, more risky. And then, of course, you have the Fortiva. So what we like to try to do is make sure we have at least two of those lenders in each of those tiers, right? Because if one falls off or changes the way they're doing business, we just have to flex over to the next. So one of the things whenever we put those lenders in there is we want to make sure, A, the same things that we want for our customers, right? So we have a, a set of core values, you know, and we expect all of our design consultants to be 100% upfront with every customer and, and tell them the truth all the time. Whether that's good or bad, it's always got to be the truth. And we, we expect nothing, nothing less from, you know, our partners uh, in this situation, our lenders. You know, we want to make sure that they're being truthful with us. We're being truthful with them. And it, it, it works for both, both, both parties, right? It can't be all West Shore, all West Shore, all West Shore. It's got to win for both parties or else it's going to be a short-term program, right? If it doesn't mix right and they can't, you know, stay in business at the rates that we're paying and the approval rates and all that good stuff that the customers are paying, it's only going to be a short-term fix and we're not looking for that. We're looking for something we can duplicate uh, and replicate and build on top of because, you know, um, as you know, I said you, when you talked to, talk to DJ, um, we've grown, you know, just exponentially you know over the last two or three years yeah no absolutely and so with that with that growth and and we you know mentioned the the design consultants in the home how do they how do they go about managing this you know stable of lenders that that you have i mean are they are they just submitting a, an application to everybody or i imagine there's there's some kind of process in place how do you how do you go about uh you know managing that with the team sure yeah absolutely so so the way that we manage that um, is we have what we call our, uh, you know, a, a guide, right? So we're gonna we're gonna make sure in writing something visual that they can see that clearly lays out what they need to do. Because obviously we have, you know, I think we're well, we're we're touching almost 400 design consultants here soon, 
Um, so when you're dealing with that many design consultants, you can't rely that all the sales managers have given the proper direction, right? So we have a very clear uh, page, and I'll and I'll and I'll throw something really nice out here. Uh, it's at, in Leap Resources, so it's it's nice because they're already quoting out their project, right? And in Leap Resources, that plan guide's right there for them to see when they run their application. And all it's going to do is tell them, here's the first lender you're going to try, and if you get what you're looking for, you're done. If you didn't get, you know, all the money or what you think is the right rate for the customer, go to lender two. Uh, and we only ask them to do three lenders in the home because, uh, we again, we want to cover that super prime. And then, of course, like that that prime, that near prime, and then, of course, subprime, just to make sure, you know, every one of our customers has an opportunity to, you know, go ahead and, and get the money they need for the project that they want to do. Yeah, that's great. That that uh, certainly I think is in the is in the homeowner's best interest uh, to make sure that that you're giving them the best shot possible. Um, you touched a little bit on on the growth at West Shore. Uh, you know what kind of what kind of growth have you have you seen? And uh, you know how do folks that are interested in in uh, I don't want to say jumping into home improvement because i feel like you know when, you, when when a lot of people think home improvement they're thinking they're going to be up there on a roof swinging a hammer or they're going to be installing a bathroom and there's so much more to it than than, than that aspect and if that's what you want to do that's great too right like those are those are needed positions as well but but you know west shore is a, a a rather large company uh and a ton of opportunity so i'd love if you can just tell us a little bit more about sort of the growth you've seen there and you know how uh how you know interested people can uh, learn more about West Shore. Yeah, most definitely. So, so uh, like everybody else, we have a, a, our website, you know, westshorehome.com. You can go to our careers page. Um, I would highly encourage anybody who isn't satisfied uh, with where they're working um, and is driven, right? So you have to be the right fit for us as well as we want to be the right fit for you. It's not always a perfect partnership. Um, but, yeah, one of the things that gravitated me to this company uh, was just simply the way they go at things, right? So a lot of companies talk the talk, so to speak. I'll use a, a terrible cliche. This company truly does walk the walk. So when they say something, they mean it. You know, it's not just, oh, well, you know, this is what we expect from you. And if you're not doing what you're expected, you will be let go. I mean, there's, there's no questions about it. Um, However, that being said, you know, I look at growth um, and I can dazzle you with some big numbers. I mean, like huge numbers that they blow my mind every day because I'm looking at them all the time. You know, we've, you know, uh, been in the consumer finance position a little over a year. So I saw my first uh, million dollar day and I was like, wow, that's crazy. Then I saw my first two million dollar day. Like, wow, it's just like astronomical. But I think the, the number that I'm most impressed with um in the last year we've increased our staff by 82 percent wow and what that means is the company to me what it means is the company is so focused on the customer right like they want to make sure this customer experience is unbelievable um so i just fell in love with that mindset right like i just i've been at other companies and i've been at a lot of great companies you know uh coca-cola that's a huge company um honda automobiles they're awesome um, but this company is, does everything right the way that I would think I would do it if I had a, a pocketbook and could afford to do it. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, you know, I hear a lot of great things about, about West Shore. I know, um, you know, 
BJ's got a, a good plan to aggressively grow the business and continue to expand the footprint. And so I imagine there's there's always or, or there's going to be some good opportunities here in the uh, you know near future to continue to to uh, grow with that company. So that's really good to hear. I'm, I'm I always love when that there's companies in this industry doing really good things and you know putting the homeowner first and and uh, you know emphasizing their culture and their team. Uh, so really good uh, really good to hear that. Uh, we're gonna wrap this up here real shortly, but I, I wanted to uh, touch back to one other thing that we were talking about, and it was uh, around like the KPIs and some of the metrics. You know, we talked metrics driven, data driven, um, and I know uh, that, that you guys have a, a finance reject, right? And I'd love to just touch on what that is and, and why it's important. Yeah, sure. So that's kind of like the big overarching piece, right? Because that's going to measure a couple things. So one of the things that we measure is what we call a payment mix. Right, the person like you alluded to it before. Um, how many jobs come in sold or cash? How many jobs are financed? So all these little metrics are going to kind of come into a one big metric KPI, which is what you said, the FR rate or the finance reject rate. So that's definitely something I'm directly responsible for, um, because there's a couple of different ways that you can control that. Right, um, you got to make sure you have great lenders. And you got to make sure that the design consultants are very well trained, right? So that they understand the lenders programs that are available and then that they're giving the lenders the best opportunity to approve that customer, right? So it all starts with a good clean credit application and making sure that we're, we're, we're getting that stuff right at the home and driving that, that FR rate, you know, in the right direction, you know, cause uh, bad, Training can be good or bad, right? And if it's badly trained, it can drive your FR rate the opposite way. Yep, that makes sense. Um, so as we wrap up here, you know, there's uh, a lot of companies out there that don't offer financing or uh, maybe think they offer financing because they have it as like a last resort, you know, to, to maybe try to save a deal or, or uh, close somebody. But, uh, you know, I think for a lot of companies that are looking at incorporating financing, uh, you know, they're, they're going to want to evaluate a lender. And we, we talked a good bit about kind of what, what some things are to look for and why it's important to have you know, multiple lenders that, that can service a variety of FICO bands. Um, and then also, um, you know, addressing uh, why financing is important. Uh, but I'd love for you to let our audience know, like, what else should they be looking for as they look to, uh, you know, incorporate financing into their business? Sure, sure, sure. So, uh, so we get this a lot. You know, I'll hear somebody say, you know, they can't afford to pay an additional five or eight percent, you know, dealer fee on the, this project. That's crazy, and, and and we don't expect anyone to, you know, just blanketly, you know, go to a customer and go, hey, I'll give you a cash price of this, and we're going to add ten percent if you want to finance it. You know, that's not how this is working. That extra percentage that we pay we hold ourselves accountable to drive more business, right? That's how you afford those dealers. It's not about just packing it onto the business you're already doing. It's about saying, hey, look, there's a lot of customers out here that really want our product and service, but they just can't pull the trigger right now. So they're saving right now. They're putting some money in their piggy bank, in the bank, right? If we gave them a way that this project could fit into their budget right now, and then we aggressively marketed to that customer and we had our design consultants trained to be able to explain to them the benefits of this financing program. We think it's a win for that customer. Like who doesn't want to have 
something that they're going to do. It's a lifetime project, right? Windows. Like you're not buying 50 sets of windows, right? right? You're buying one set of windows to your house probably. More than likely unless you move. So if you could put them in now versus two years from now when you save up the money, I mean, tell me one person when you show them an energy savings in this who's going to refuse it if it fits into their budget. That's the key, right? you got to have the right financing lender that has the right programs that fits that cost. I would look there first because too many people get wrapped up in dealer fees, right? So I always say this. Anyone can give me a dealer fee that's low and give me a low approval rate, right? Right. You, you have to make sure it's the right lender. Start with your customer. If, you, if you're thinking about your customer first, you're always going to win. And then just try to adapt. Now you want to make sure that you use competition, healthy competition, to drive your dealer fee as low as you can. But don't sacrifice the approval rate. Make sure you tell them, look, you know, I want to have, you know, good low dealer fees. But most importantly, I want to make sure I make happy customers. I need a high approval rate to do that. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's great. It's really good advice. And I know this is going to resonate with a lot of resonate with a lot of people. Um because, like I said, financing is, uh, I, I believe, very underutilized in the home improvement space. So, uh, you know, aside from from you know what we've discussed, you know, everybody's buying things on a, with a with a monthly payment in mind, right? It's how we buy our cell phones, our cars. Uh, it's everything's got these monthly payments attached to it. And when you're looking at doing a home a home improvement project, and it's you're looking at a four thousand or, or a twenty thousand dollar sticker, uh, it's a lot different than if you're looking at a you know one hundred two hundred dollar monthly payment. So. Uh, I, I definitely think it's important for people to uh, incorporate that into their you know, proposals and their estimates um, and give, give customers the ability to uh, buy the way they want to buy. Brad, really appreciate the time today. Uh, I know our audience is going to appreciate it too. Uh, so with that, I'll say thank you and uh, appreciate the time. Yeah, thank you very much. And uh, please thank everybody at LEAP. I know uh, our design consultants love the additional uh, credit application portal you guys have done. So it saves them a ton of time in the home. So uh, thank all those folks at Leap as well from West Shore Home. Uh, we couldn't do it without you guys. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it. Well, that'll do it for today's show. I truly hope you enjoyed this episode of Leaps and Bounds. If you did, be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review and subscribe to the podcast. We look forward to bringing you more exclusive conversations with some of the most successful home improvement leaders. If you're interested in learning more about Leap, be sure to check us out at leaptodigital.com or follow one of our social channels. Until next time, see you.